Welcome back to my Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Today, we are not beaming around the world. We're actually just going across the ditch from here. Um, we have got this, this big dust bowl there towards our left on the map, which is called Australia. Now, there are a few nice places, and actually, to give Mim Parisi, my guest, all the due that she has there, she's in Melbourne, which a town that I love, I really, really love. It's a great place. So hopefully, the stupid COVID is soon going, and I can come back to actually see you in person and see, see lovely Melbourne. So Mim Parisi, welcome to my show. You are a woman who has experienced your own fair share of trauma and you have developed quite a unique way of dealing with that uh, a way that i appreciate and share and uh, it's great to have you on the show welcome thank you very much it's a pleasure to be here thank you for having me on no, been looking forward to it actually <laughs> oh mim it's beautiful mim it is we've we both met on on a discussion forum a podcast discussion forum and that's that's where some really beautiful people are out there all with different interests but your 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 story really grabbed me because mim you are a former professional boxer and an, an athlete and you're now helping women to deal with trauma and to redefine themselves in into something different than a victim and right. it, it is a beautiful 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 story um and you're, you it really honors you but the problem of course is that people like you have had to go to through trauma in order to become the fighter that you were or that you are and that is often not so nice. Are you happy to share a little bit about the past? Are you happy to yeah, tell absolutely. us? Absolutely. Um, I'm pretty transparent when it comes to this kind of thing. Um, I've owned gyms for the last 12 years, boxing gyms, uh, and I've, always, I've worked predominantly with women, um, and I've seen them come through the doors uh, and coming to me and saying, I want to lose weight, and it's often what they first think that they need that they need to lose weight to feel good about themselves. Um, and I did that with hundreds of members in my gyms. Um, and then early this year, I decided I had had enough and I sold my gym. I set up a little studio, still boxing. And now I actually teach women um, how to have a fighter's mindset before they're allowed to start training. So I start saying to them, okay, before you come to me and say that you want to lose weight, mm. let's think about what's going on up here. What drew you to boxing? What has made you look for me, Mim Parisi, with boxing bags, all rough and, you know, around the edges? Why me? Something has drawn you to me. Um, and often it's that, that, like you said, that trauma, something that has happened in their past that brings them to boxing. Yes, they want to lose weight, but they don't go to boxing, first of all, what they think is to lose weight. Otherwise, they, you know, they, I always say this, they could be out running or doing any kind of other class at a gym, but it's not that. They've done a Google search for boxing. So here we are. How did you get into boxing? I got into it through, like many other women, exactly that. Had two babies, um, had put on some weight, baby weight, wanted to lose weight, went to a mainstream gym, massive gym. They did boxer size. I started doing boxer size. Um, I took that home to my family dinner, speaking to my brother. 
Um, he was a fighter at the time too. And I said to him, oh, Vince, you know, I've started doing boxing. And he just laughed at me. And I said, what? He goes, that's not boxing. He goes, I don't know what you're doing. And um, he goes, oh, you come with me to my gym. I'll show you a real boxing gym. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, all right. Um, so he grabs me and off we go to his boxing gym. And I met his coach. And his coach put gloves on me. And I, was, I did a round in the ring with pads. And his coach puts his arm around my neck and goes, you know what, me? I'm like, yeah. He goes, you're really good at this. He goes, I think you might be better than your brother. Oh. And that, yeah. <laughs> I think he was just joking at that. But that, that little thing that he said, you're really good at this, made me go, shit, maybe I am good at something. Maybe I am really good at this. Maybe I am like him and, and I, I can throw a punch and I can take a punch. And then I started really training, but then I'm like, I can take a punch. After everything I've been through, I can take that punch. I can keep moving forward. So then I put that the trauma into place and I put that into my boxing skills, getting into the ring. You get hit, okay, I'm all right. I didn't die, but hurt a bit, keep going. You know what I mean? Mm. And that becomes my life skill. And that's exactly sort of what I teach now too with the girls. Uh, good on you. So it's interesting. It's interesting. So if you say that the other girls did a Google search to find you, why did you choose boxing? That was, not for, that was not for the baby fat. So obviously I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find right. the, the, the reason there. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. So initially I thought it was to lose weight. But again, why did I go choose boxing? Why didn't I choose that spin class? Why did I choose the boxing class? And I think subconsciously I didn't understand it, but I chose it because of the trauma. I was angry. And looking back now, I can see I was angry. I was frustrated. I was sad. I had all these emotions that I hadn't really dealt with that were there, but I hadn't dealt with them. And I didn't feel depressed or anything, but they were definitely there. Um, and that's what had that initial connection to boxing. You know, when I put the pads on, even in the boxer size class, or even when I was punching the air, I was getting out aggression, you know. I felt like I was hitting something um, and it felt good. I think as a victim of trauma, you always feel powerless. You were on the receiving end and you felt helpless. I did. I did. When, I, yeah. when a gang set upon me, they had their fun and I never felt so helpless. And I remember this was sort of early evening and on one side of a town and I had to traverse the town in the tram to get to the other side to get home. So there I was, no front teeth, bleeding, swollen, walked into the tram and not a single guy, not a single fucker uh, asked if I was okay. No. And that must have left such an impression on me because I knew then that I was alone mm. and I was helpless. And I, whilst my face was healing and whilst I started the police journey and all that, there was never any support, any trauma support as such. It was just for them, it was probably a minor assault and, you know, so what? Yeah. And, and it was anyhow, it was the 80s, or around about then, or 70s probably even. Um, so no one gave a toodle in a nutshell. Yeah. No one knew much about it. But, you know, within, within a month of that trauma, I had joined a self-defense 
uh, gym. It was actually a police sports club in Germany, mm -hmm. and you could train with the police, their yeah. martial arts system. And it's amazing, just the words you chose to just describe uh, the trauma and put it into perspective. I suddenly had this wave of frustration coming yeah. over me, the helplessness. I felt that from many, many years ago. I felt how frustrated I was and angry I was when I went first into that dojo yeah. and started working out. That is quite a journey that you're taking your girls on there. Um, I also tell them you just said something along the lines of when you felt so alone. Um, and that is something I discuss with them um, during my course as well. I say to them, it's great like as a fighter. Um, I've got my coach and I've got my ring people and I've got my people sitting out of the ring supporting me. Mm. But when I step into the ring, that fight is mine. I am alone. Mm. It's all on me everything and that's much like life i say to them it's great to have your partner your friends your family or whatever they're your support group but at the end of the day you've got to be okay on your own you've got to step out onto the street on your own you've got to have your own confidence your own self-respect your own it's you it's all you and if everything was stripped away you still got to be strong in you um and again that's going back to that um fight for life course that's how you are a fighter you know, everyone's in your corner and they're there to support you. Go mim in training, they're there, whatever. End of the day, the fight is mine. Indeed. And you need to practice for a fight. You need to actually go out there and first of all, accept the reality that there might be a time that you have to fight. You might be absolutely peace-loving and gorgeous and happy and funny the world is not necessarily like that. The world right. is waiting to hit you. And, and I don't mean fight in the physical sense either, you know. Yeah. It can be medical issues or, yeah. you know, my dad died of cancer last year. There yeah. are plenty of tr um, things in life that can come up um, and give you, a, uh, give you a hit and you need to be able to fight back and get pull yourself back together and, and, and keep going. So true, so true. Now, when these girls come to you, and you you suddenly sit them down and hold a mirror in front of their face. There must be a very a lot of surprised faces. Yes, there is very much so. Um, some of the feedback I've got from my course is that the first few days it's like a punch in the face. It's <laughs> like, whoa, you know what I mean? Because I, I make them very accountable, and I say, look at yourself, and and it can be very confronting. But I say to them, in order to move forward, that's what you need to do. You need to acknowledge whatever has happened. You need to own whatever has happened. You've got to take back that power and then you can move forward. Unless you cop that initial shock or punch in the face or whatever you want to call it, we can't then start to grow and build on it. So, hmm. Do people get spooked by that and are not ready to go onto that journey? Absolutely. Uh, not many. Um, I reckon, you know, a certain percentage, very small percentage at the start of the course in the first three days, backpedal a little bit mm. and go, oh, I'm not so sure I'm ready for this. And some won't continue, mm. but that's okay. I touch base with them and I go, you're not ready yet. You know, come and see me, you do what you got to do, uh, you know. But then there are others that are like ready for it. You know, they're there in their fighting stance. Okay, I'm ready to fight my demons, basically. I'm ready to fight myself. I'm ready to, mm. you know, and they're just ready. You can see that they're ready. 
And see, there's, I love the, the way that you combine the physical exercise in the first instance with dealing with the trauma. So that's a very healthy way of doing it. But then, of course, there's the martial arts effect, uh, the, 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 the self-defense aspect of it, and the, 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 the way to give these women the right to punch the shit out of this bag and yeah. to just actually take action. And this first punch or the first few sets of punches can be incredibly, incredibly powerful. So I can see that for a lot of women, their eyes will start shine after that and say, yeah. wow. And look, sometimes there's tears at the start. And I said, that's okay too. I can't count the number of times I was in training on my own, skipping or hitting a bad crime. Plenty of times. That's okay. You know, being okay with your emotions is quite um, scary for a lot of people too. They're like, oh, I shouldn't be feeling angry. Oh, am I allowed to say I'm angry? Am I allowed to say I'm frustrated? Am I allowed to say I'm pissed off? I'm like, you're allowed to feel whatever you're feeling. Just do something with it. Don't sit in your own shit. So true, so true. But then again, we live in a society where we take the alcohol and try to numb those emotions. No, we are not accepting them. We're trying anything, anything to forget them. Candy Crush for 15 hours on a go to just be distracted and not have to deal with your emotions. Bloody hell, girl. You're, you're, um, you're not just a, a, a power to respect in the ring, but also outside, because the people who are in, engaging you will definitely uh, get more than what they bargained for, I guess. Yeah. And look, it is a whole process. Like it, I said, it's the mindset, mm. then it's the boxing, and then it's getting fitter, um, it's getting confidence. I say, you know, even my daughter, I've got a 13-year-old daughter, to her, if you show that you're confident, even if you bluff it, Okay, pretend you're confident. Mm. You're not going to be, you're less likely to be the victim of someone. Absolutely. So puff your chest up when Absolutely. you walk on the street. Don't look at your phone. I see you walking down the street on the phone. Put your phone in your pocket, eyes head, shoulders back, walk with intent. I said that in, in itself is enough not mm. to be the victim as likely to be a victim as mm. someone else. Mm. I said, just bluff it. Even if you're not feeling confident, pretend mm. you're feeling confident. Um, and many a times in the ring. You know, I've done all the work and you step into the ring and you've got the shakes, you've got the jitters, you're nervous. That's okay. But you bluff the confidence. You know, you're all like moving and stuff and you're shadow boxing, mm. you're hitting the pads. You're bluffing that confidence to try and psych your opponent out. Mm. Same as in life. Mm. Not just that. There is, there are power stances with which you can actually signal to your body, this is what we're going to do. So yep. if, you're, if you're normally sort of more introvert etc versus the power stance that you actually emphasize that do that in front of the mirror so i, I you know sometimes i uh, people who are very uh, not very conscious of themselves they don't yeah. know these differences and to actually suddenly for them to take this power stance practice that say yes yeah. i can do that just literally to the mirror yes i can do that Yes, I can do that. Feel it, sense it, etc. So next time when you actually, yes, I can do that. Oh, okay. There is this power. There's this energy because yeah. you have conditioned yourself. You've conditioned yeah. your emotions. How cool is that? You found a switch with which you can exactly. go click. How cool and is that's that? What we do. 
That's what we do in the online boxing classes. Mm. You know, we warm up skipping and I'm like, right, everyone in your boxing stance. Everyone goes right foot forward, le- uh, left yeah. foot forward, right foot back, and they're there, yeah. bang, yeah. ready in that stance, ready to go. And that, like you said, they're looking in the mirror. We use mirrors. I've got them all around the gym. Yeah. You use mirrors. You're looking at yourself in the mirror in that fighting stance. And some people don't like that to begin with, but then they're like, they, it changes. Then they can see the power in their eyes. They can see their, their stance. They can see their chest up. You know, I tell them, tuck their chin down, have your hands up, glaze your eyes on yourself. And they, they really do, they, they change. Isn't it? In a matter yeah. of weeks. Just Correct. not months, weeks. And it is beautiful. And, and you, you change from a victim mentality to a, Okay, bring it on. Is that the yeah. best you've got kind of a thing? And that is so powerful, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Um, when you go back to your childhood, mm-hmm. was there fighting there? Was there fighting, was part of your life being a tomboy to start off with? Were you? No. no. <laughs> I, I was a tomboy in the sense, not fighting though. Um, I always enjoyed motorbike riding because I had two younger brothers. So yeah. you know, we did do stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but not typically. I wouldn't say I was a tomboy growing up. I was um, picked on a fair bit for being a wog. don't know if you know what that means, but a wog is a derogatory term for a European, a Greek or an Italian. Um, and I was often called a wog in my teen years and got bullied and physically bullied. So that's when I started fighting back. Um, in those sort of days because I had had enough um, and my dad encouraged me to do so. Um, and the bullying did stop, but I don't endorse violence because then there were worse things that came from that. Um, you know, because I was fighting at school, I got taken from my home and put in foster care. So, yes, I stopped the bullies because I stood up for myself, but then there was something far worse. Um, so I don't endorse um, fighting, especially in teenagers at school, but I do say, have confidence, stick up for yourself, use your words. Mm. You know what I mean? And I also say to my daughter, if they hit first, hit them back, go for the nose. Mm. Absolutely. <laughs> you and know I what I mean? Very much so. Very much Don't so. start a fight, but, mm. you know, have enough courage to go, give them one if they hit first and then run. And I say this to the women too, you're not going to, let's say there's a man in the street and you've been boxing with me, even six years, some of my mm. clients, seven years, you're never going to hit, you're never going to fight them. Okay, they're a man, they're big, they're stronger. But have enough confidence to hit them one, two times and have enough speed and ability to think that fight or flight to run and run fast. Um, and, and that's where uh, that sort of comes into it, the, the fighting side of it. But myself growing up, no, I wouldn't say I necessarily was a, tom, a tomboy as such, but I did always witness um, violence. So. And I think that's a really, really good message there because it is. it doesn't matter from which background you come and it doesn't matter which age you come uh, within reason into boxing or martial arts or, or a journey such as yours. And when I say with reason from a medical point of view, sooner or later, your shoulders are not what they used to be. So, and there will be 50 years of trauma in your shoulders. And if you now go nuts on a boxing bag, um, then 
maybe there is a chance that the next thing you do is you see a shoulder surgeon. So I guess yeah. maybe maybe before you go nuts in a, in 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 a new sport in the Middle Ages, may I suggest you you say hello to your GP, maybe do an ultrasound <laughs> of the shoulders, and then um, okay, then go for this back. Then then we are talking. <laughs> and no, it is what it is because you know it is. Uh, as a doctor, I see the, the end results of people getting yeah. too enthusiastic. And the other uh, thing, what we're doing at the moment too, because of COVID, so one of the good things that have come out of COVID is all my classes are now online. Um, and people don't necessarily have boxing bags behind, like behind yeah. me. But we shadow box everything. And the skills you can learn from shadow boxing and no impact are far greater than anything people can learn mm. when they're using a bag. Because when they hit a bag, there is that, I want to hit hard. You know what I mean? When there's nothing to hit, you think more about skill, more about speed, more about agility. Mm. So I'm loving the fact that we are forced by COVID to have to do shadow boxing um, because of my crew are learning so much from that. Nice, 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 nice. And of course, solo training, that's a whole, whole different ball game because you can do actually so much uh, as solo training without a partner. Uh, it's actually mm -hmm. quite amazing. So very true, very true. Only because you can't go to a gym doesn't mean to say you can't work out on, on both speed, uh, technique, and all the other kind of, of aspects right. of, of a physical exercise. Oh, brilliant. Oh, absolutely. Mim, I think we are both fighters to a, to a degree. You, a very real competitive fighter. Me, I became, I became a very dark dark fighter than I was in the early years after my trauma. And I lived and breathed fighting left, right and center. I think the, it is important that we, that we say here right now that both of us, we are not condoning violence. And that, maybe you already made that point. And I want to say exactly the same. At the same token, life doesn't really give you all the chances that you want. And, and whilst de-escalation and being really, really nice to people is nice, sometimes you need violence to survive. And I think that's really, really important. And it's, it's okay to say that. And it's okay yeah. to accept that. Because around the globe, women are beaten to pulps uh, with severe brain injuries, some of them die uh, in the hands of someone uh, supposed to love them. So uh, right now, I want to say to anyone out there who is listening and is listening for the reason, because you saw Mem is a fighter, if you feel that your life is right now at risk and danger, then please stop listening to this podcast or this stop watching that youtube this is now time to to ask for help this mm -hmm. is a time to go out there and seek the help you need if you are with with if you're in an area where there's a quarantine and uh, your partner is using that in order to keep you locked in and 
there was always there was always ways that you might have to see an emergency department. For example, if you were to develop uh, a center kind of tummy pain there that gets worse and worse over about two three hours, and then moves into the right lower part of your tummy uh, and gets worse and worse, and even the slightest touch hurts. Well, that's that's an appendix, and that's really a surgical diagnosis. You can't just treat it at home. You need to see an emergency department. So if you need to learn a story that allows you to get out of a house uh, into an emergency department, then this would be a pretty good way to go. Go out there. People are out there who are willing to help you. Now, are there, there's women's refuge. In any emergency department, what you can do is you can talk to a nurse and the nurses are all trained to help you. Often enough, they will ask you for a urine test. So you have to go into the toilet. And in some hospitals, there are two pens available. And, and um, there's a little sign to say, if you, um, this is for your urine test. And if you feel that you need help, and that someone needs to talk to you privately, please label it in color red. So the moment you write your name on it in red, they know that you are in need for help and that you might not be able to, to talk freely and easily. So these yeah. are all the things that are so important for you to know. Please, 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 when we are talking about domestic violence, when we talk about trauma, uh, it is there are people out there and you might be one of them who is listening right now. Please, please, please seek help. It's not okay to be taken advantage of it's not okay to be abused it's not okay to be beaten get out of there save your life so that is a big key message that i i want to take the opportunity to actually put out there um and so mim sorry that i was talking a lot now okay. this is your interview but i thought said. no it needs to be said and like it stemmed from that domestic violence um you know or bullying whichever whatever sort of way you're looking at it um, you know, it's something I've experienced in my life growing up between my parents at domestic violence. Um, and then I kind of followed that myself within a relationship. Um, I was fortunate enough to see it and get out of that, um, that relationship after three years. Um, but yeah, I definitely saw that growing up with my parents and, uh, and this is going to seem exactly prime what a lot of other women say. And I know that, um, but my dad would only be violent with my mother when he was on drugs. And my partner at the time would only be violent when he was on drugs. And I would hear, and I say it myself, but he wasn't like that when he wasn't, when he wasn't high or when he wasn't drunk or when he wasn't like that. He was a great man. Other than that, you can't really say, you can't stay in a relationship like that because you don't, they're, they're not your responsibility. You don't know when they're going to um, take drugs or use alcohol will be under the influence and you're going to have be the one wearing um, wearing the punches, basically, the physical mm -hmm. violence, the verbal violence, mm -hmm. the abuse. So you really do have to do it, say, as you said, seek help and go out there. Mm -hmm. um, and if you don't do it for yourself and you have children, do it for your children. You know what I mean? Because I was the child of domestic violence. I saw these things happening. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, you're not doing your kids any benefit from saying, I'm going to stay with my partner because I want, them, I want to have a happy family. I just want them to have a mum and a dad. Well, you're doing a lot worse damage by staying in an abusive relationship where the child, me, the child, is seeing that abuse. 
day in, day out, where everyone's feeling like they're walking on eggshells all the time. Mm. Um, for me, it was quite traumatic. It got pretty bad. My, my dad tried to kill my mum on two occasions um, and I had to stop him. Now tell me that's not going to cause trauma in any child. So if you're listening to this, women, if not do it for yourself, do it for your kids. So. So important. So that is a key message. And of course, it's scary. Of course, mm -hmm. it is, you know, you, you often enough women get out of toxic relationships with literally the shirt on their back and that's it. But that's what women's refuges are there for. Uh, I've supported the, the local refuge for quite a while and, and uh, they, they have got big baskets of emergency clothing that people give to them so they, you come there and and you you can pick out a few things so your children won't be naked you won't be naked and you will get some food and you will get a safe environment whilst they figure out where it will continue so there is mm -hmm. a way out so so true so true but luckily luckily this is the this is only a small percentage although the of course Let's be quite clear, the, the incidence of domestic violence is huge out there. It's just, it's a taboo to talk about it. It's a taboo for, for people to actually uh, admit to it. If you were to truly, truly ask women around the world about how many of them had been abused in the various forms, you would be amazed. Okay, you, I know. You, You guys might be thinking, oh, my God, it's me and I, it's all my fault. But first of all, it's not you. Uh, it's your likelihood is you've got a really bad partner. And I'm careful how I say that now because a partner can be boy or girl or non-binary. It doesn't matter. You have got violence as violence and abuse as abuse, uh, mm -hmm. whoever is the, the, the recipient. And the figures are staggering. One in five women uh, are getting raped over their lifetime. Uh, you think, what the hell? It is, this, yeah. is, this is huge. And Another thing that I come across as well in my course, uh, yeah. and, and again, staggering numbers, the women that enroll, um, obviously I share stories with them because like, we do live um, discussions every day for an hour. Yeah. So I get to know them. And I think 80% have had some sort of sexual abuse in their life. Wow. Isn't that a massive number? Wow. Yeah. Wow. So out of my girls, let's say yeah. we're doing a group discussion, let's say yeah. there's 15 of us today, yeah. 80% of those women have had yeah. sexual abuse. Yeah. And that's where, why it has led them to me. Exactly. Exactly. But I remember uh, I did, I taught a course uh, for doctors about, uh, about critical care, etc. And part of the course is at the end um, that half of them are doing the exam. The other half, we have an aside and we do a bit of a discussion. And one day I got bored uh, with one of the, the discussions and I said, we were talking about abuse. And I said, well, okay, here around the, the, the room, uh, there were about 15 thereabouts. And I sort of said, well, okay, let's talk about abuse. I mean, who of you has been abused here? And you heard a pin drop. And then suddenly a hand went up another hand went up these are all doctors um two hands went up the instructor next to me put his hand up and you think what the heck 
And it turned out about, yeah, yeah 25, 30% of our group actually had experienced um, um, a sexual assault or uh, unwanted sexual abuse, there to speak. Um, and you think, what the hell? So it is, it is, doesn't matter where you are, what color your skin, what level of society you are in, that shit happens out there. So yeah. you are not alone. Oh. And then, but there, there you are, there you are, Mim. I mean, you are giving women such a power. You are allowing them to actually explore these feelings. So you're doing far more than a fitness boxing thing. Yeah. To, for like you. I said before, yeah. gone are the days where people come to me first as a boxing trainer. I've had the gyms. Yeah. I said, I had enough of that. Now you come to me. If you want to train with me, you have to do, it's mandatory. If you want to train with me, you have to do my course, Fight for Life course. Then once we started the journey of mindset, then you can come and train in the boxing. No longer is it the other way around. Um, you work on your head first and your mindset, and then you are allowed to exercise and train and box with me. So that was a really big thing for me too, saying to people, no, actually you can't. I'm not accepting any more people unless you can satisfy that you're going to get, you're willing to put in the work at least. Um, to put your head in the right mindset. And that's huge. And that must have been quite a, a financial drop for you because Matthew. to absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So it is, but that, that speaks for your passion to take that's that right. financial hit. With that, you have jumped off the fence. You have shown yeah. your true colors. You are Correct. there to influence people and change lives. And that's and massive. And that's what I said. I feel like I am put here for a purpose. It's been my destiny. I, the boxing, it, it led me a certain way, but now it's leading me the certain way. Okay, use my trauma. The stuff that I used to be really quiet about and keep on my own chest because mm. I thought people might look at me differently as a business owner. They might not respect me as much for mm. everything that I've been through in my life. Um, my professionalism, I used to guard all that. Now that I've opened up all that, it's just taken me in a whole different direction. Mm. Like you said, it's been a financial hit. Now, I don't have hundreds of members anymore in a big gym, but the ones I am helping are really, we're really connected. There is a connection. And they've, I become their coach, like my coach. You know, I might not see him for five years, but I know I can ring him at any time. There is a connection there with that coach. Um, yeah. He knows you at your worst, I guess. Mm. That's it. And you, you therefore become a family. That's uh, the same yeah. thing. That's the same thing in the recovery. Uh, the people that you go through the four weeks in rehab, uh, you will never forget them because mm -hmm. you have shared so much, uh, so Correct. much that even things that probably my wife doesn't know, I will have probably told in one of the sessions. So it's intriguing stuff. And there is this opportunity there in Melbourne with Mim Parisi for you guys to get your shit together. And I would love the... them. <laughs> I'd love to see some New Zealand people. I've got some in California now and I've got some Excellent. different places. Yeah. So. <laughs> hey, high time, high time. Okay. Yeah. But so Mim, uh, with regards to enrollment, first of all, how do people find you? How do people learn about you? Okay. So they can go to my website, www.mimparisi.com. Um, have a look around. I always say, have a look around. See if I'm going to be the coach for you. See if you like my message. See if you can relate to me, number one. Number two, register. Just put your name down, your details down. I've got another course 
starting at the end of September. Mm. Um, so starting to sort of get names together now, mm. um, applications in for that course starting in September. Mm-hmm. They can follow me on Instagram, The Fighter's Journey, or Mim Parisi on Facebook, or The Fighter's Journey on Facebook, mm. um, and just keep updated. I'm always posting things um, on social media to challenge their mindset um, and get them in that right frame of mind. Beautiful. And is it only women that you take on or is it also good? Sorry, only women at the moment. Um, Mm. Because like I said, in the big gyms, I had men and women, but what I'm doing now, um, this course is really Mm. women open up more with Mm. other women just there. No doubt. No doubt about that. Absolutely. No, and that's very understandable. So guys, so guys, if you listen to that, uh, Mim is unfortunately (laughs) not for you, but there are other people like Mike and like Suhaib and other uh, guests that I had beforehand. So just go a little bit back in the episodes and you find for the boys only. uh, And that's for you guys. Okay. So don't, don't get too upset, but the lessons are still the same that we are discussing today. And maybe too, even if you if you have not been in the immediate, if you haven't been the recipient of violence and the recipient of trauma, it is still the lessons are there for you to learn. It is basically an awareness and then getting active and acknowledging whatever is happening in your life and dealing with it in a constructive way. And that is essentially what you are teaching in the setting of trauma and boxing and, well, mental wealth, health coaching. That is really, you have got sort of a hybrid of of beautiful things. Right together. Exactly, which is actually the most ideal that you could ever think about. So, Mim, beautiful. So hopefully many women uh, will be able to come to you. Now, you say you had uh, an enrollment in September. How long do these courses run? Or is there a, um, that you start to come in every quarter of a year and then graduate a year later? How does it work? So, so four times a year, I'll open up for enrollments. Yeah. Um, I open up four days for four days where people can purchase the course mm-hmm. and then we'll get started. Then I'll close the car and, you know, we'll get started. Um, it's a 14-day intense course, but then followed by the boxing training. So the 14-day is every day seeing me live. Nice. Um, and as I said, some people say it's like a punch in the face, but it, it's you've got to be ready for it, and I won't mm. lie. Mm. Um, and I'm not for everyone. I know that. And if they go and do some research on me, you know, I am very full on. I am in your face, but that's why it works. So it's a 14-day <laughs> intensive program which then I invite you to continue your journey with me through boxing. And as I said, I, I do that four times a year. Which is fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Mim, I'm so grateful that you could spend your time with me and that you could share your journey. Uh, it's an amazing thing that you're doing. Uh, I'm, Thank you. I'm, uh, I'm in awe. Uh, with regards to the change, the, the transformation that you have undergone recently to allow women to actually explore themselves in, in such a productive and very different way uh, compared with, with other more kind of mental-based programs where there is no physical side to it. And no, it's got to have the physical, yeah. Exactly. So, no, it's a wonderful hybrid. Love it. So, Mim, I'm so grateful that you could come on. Thank you so much. Hi. No, thank you very much mm. for having and, me. And you guys out there, look after yourself. And uh, 
if you if anything of that rang a bell with you please either seek help or actually look down there in the description of the youtube video on the podcast because all of mims links are in there so you just need to click on it no real excuse for you girls not to do that okay yeah exactly (laughs) cool look after yourselves out there bye thank you bye-bye